Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile and Pingdom and Burrow. I'm Samoda Rochefort. I'm a video producer at Polygon.com. And I'm here tonight with Brianna Wu, Democratic candidate for Congress, and two very special Woo. guests, Jeremy Kaplowitz, the editor-in-chief of Hard Times, and Metzenkum, the founder of Hard Times. <laughs> the <laughs> premier video game satire magazine. Uh, bonjour, how's it going? We are from a French uh, video game company. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start the show, I have to say I am a huge fan of Hard Hard Drive. It is it is the greatest comedy website ever. It it is the onion for video games and you guys relentlessly blast our industry. <laughs> and I worry at some point, cause every time you tweet something, I'm laughing my ass off. And then I'm up in your Twitter commenting and I'm like, are these guys thinking I'm obsessed with their Twitter account? <laughs> but it's such great content. I just love it. It's true. Uh, thanks so much. We, we appreciate your uh, undying yeah. love on Twitter, but uh, it, it has been noticed. <laughs> uh, people go, why did Brianna Wu not uh, not tweet back at us this time? <laughs> yeah, that's our metric for success now is how many Briannas we got. Oh my gosh! Do you have anything to say to Bri about her interactions with your Twitter account? <laughs> anything embarrassing? Oh, um, no, I don't think so. Wow, good show, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so we had you guys on tonight. Uh, Christina is, of course, in Paris, uh, which is hateful, and she has been living it up. I saw that she was posting pictures of a restaurant called The Blue Train, and I was like, I'm just going to quickly Google that. It's one of those uh, a $4 sign restaurants. Ooh. One of those. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. It looks real fancy, and she went to the Champagne region. It's her birthday today. <laughs> By all means, don't tweet at her. She's had a good enough day already. <laughs> so we're replacing a very fancy person. You got two not so fancy people <laughs> replacing one fancy person. It all the math all works yeah. out. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Let, if our listeners aren't familiar with what you guys do, why don't you um, give me a little spiel about what y'all do? Sure. Go take it away, Jeremy. <laughs> um, yeah. Thank you, Matt. Yeah. So we, you know, as you said, we're we're sort of ripping off the onion, but doing it more about uh, video game specifics. So we're we're a satirical video game news site, and uh, every day we put out one fake uh, video game <laughs> article from the the world of uh, hard drive. But it's somehow it's more it's what I appreciate about your site, and I want to get to your book in a minute. But it it really gets at the truth of everything that's broken about the video game industry. Good example uh, today. Uh, one of our stories later in the show is that they fixed the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. So what's the hard drive uh, headline about this? Like gamers intoxicated with power from having changed the movie demand Big the Cat be added into the Sonic movie and you're making a really smart comment about entitled uh this kind of uh yeah it's not always entitled but you know there's there's certainly a, an angry consumer bent to gamer culture and mm -hmm. i i really that's why i appreciate about your site and i was i was telling matt this in dm what i really like about your site is you're you're very very funny 
But you managed to do it in a way that's not just horrifically sexist jokes. <laughs> and I'm yeah. sorry that that's the low bar that we have in our industry, but you meet that. And you're very ironic about all those forces in our field. Um, yeah, I mean, that's definitely on purpose to not be total monsters about video games. <laughs> <laughs> it is weird how that is just like the bar where it's like, oh, yeah, we can tell jokes and not be like pro Gamergate. Right. And then like people are like, oh, yeah, we're on board. This is totally <laughs> we get it. Um, but yeah, we definitely we definitely purposely tried to go more left with the, the video game jokes. Our grand scheme. What if we ran a gaming comedy site that wasn't tied to the alt right? <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Whoa. Finally. I can also say um, that uh, the editorial direction is all Jeremy's doing. Um, that's kind of if it was me, I can't say the same. You know, it might just sound like PUBG when you're in the plane. You got all chat on. You know? Jer- Jeremy's the guy who uh, has really guided the site and found that voice. That's amazing. So you all have a book out. So I was told I'd get a copy of, it, of this book. I've not gotten it yet. I was prepared to uh, to interview and ask you guys questions about. Uh, hard drive how Bill Gates founded the Microsoft Empire tonight, but I'm not going to do that. Can you tell our listeners about your book? Uh, where could they get it? What's it all about? So here's how you don't get it. You don't get it by asking Matt to ask the publisher <laughs> and follow up with the publisher to e- to message you or uh, to, to mail it all over right. to you. Um, I just got back from a two-week-long book tour. Um so our book, so here's the story of Hard Drive. Uh, Hard Times started in 2014. It's a punk music-centered website that I started with my friend, Bill Conway. About a year in, Hard Times got very, very popular. The two biggest constants in my life were punk music and video gaming. So I wanted to create a video gaming uh, vertical inside of our site. I didn't quite do that right away. Um, but maybe three or four years later, um, Jeremy was writing for our site. And I honestly think he is one of the most talented people I interact with on a regular basis. And so I said, Jeremy, please lead this site for me. I want to create a video gaming site. Jeremy, uh, we picked out a couple people, uh, Mark Robach, uh, Mike Amory. We started hard drive about a year and a half ago. Yeah, I think it's like two years, a little over two, two years. Yeah. Um, and so Hard Times Proper, which is the music-oriented uh, element mm-hmm. of our site, just released our very first book through HMH. Um, and we just went to New York and Boston, D.C., Portland. Tomorrow we're doing a show at uh, in San Francisco. I guess it's not a show. It's a book event. So I'm used to <laughs> punk touring. I don't know. It's a gig. Um, but our, yeah, our book is as if uh, Hard Times existed from 1976 and has been covering the rise of punk and hardcore all throughout the different decades. So half of our book is new content of headlines you've never seen before. And then the back half of our book is your favorite headlines from our website so far. It does not have hard drive content in it because I want to Gamers are the most hard drives and they were cut out of the book. Yes. Because I want to create a hard drive book next. So that's our next project that we're going to do. So it's basically the same uh, concept as the first Onion book, Our Dumb Century, which was awesome, by the way. So if it's that good, uh, people should definitely go out and get this. I love a good alternate history. I do, too. 
the one thing the one thing that's pretty different about our book is you can pick it up and you can open it on any page and you should get a laugh because there'll be an article there but you can also read it front cover to back cover and there's actually an entire narrative mm-hmm. about our company and our founders our editors the rise and fall of the different versions of our uh, publication all throughout the different decades so there's actually a whole story in there it's not just um a what is it called when you have a starts with an a when you have uh, oh, give me more context. I'd love when, guessing when you things. have when you have like a whole bunch of something put together. Like what are the, the onion books or what? Oh, um, anthology. anthology. That's right. I win. Yeah. I win. Awesome. <laughs> nice. Fine. Okay. Listen. Whatever. Uh, so how how much how hard did you think about that alternate history aspect of of the book? Like imagining your website existing from the seventies <laughs> onwards. How rigorous were you? It was way too much work. There's no way we should have done it like that. It was, I went and our book, our book is at every Barnes and Nobles in the country. It's at most indie bookstores. So we've been going and looking at our book, uh, making sure that different places have it. It's a pretty exciting thing to do while we're on tour. And we go and we look at our book and it's next to all these other humor books that are like 10 Trump tweets, but (laughs) as if he's a poet. And there's all this white space in these books. And they're like, you can make this in an afternoon. (laughs) We spent, we spent like a year and a half on our book and we feel really silly about it. So please go buy our book and read at least a piece of what we did. Uh, We made a horrible mistake. We made it way too dense. Too many jokes. And that's a great advice. Go buy it at an indie bookstore. And some more advice. If you're ever making a book, make sure to make it as grifty as possible. You just want to sell, get the <laughs> advance, and then do no Got work. It. Don't do Got what it. we did. Yeah. yeah. I think that's going to be my major takeaway from this is that I do not need to work so hard to get published. <laughs> exactly. I can just collect the best tweets from someone else. You should. We actually didn't even have a literary agent. The our editor is a woman named Kate Napolitano, and she grew up in the punk scene, and she reached out to us and said, I can help you get a book done. And then wow. uh, she pulled it off. That's so cool. How long did you guys work on it for? Uh, probably from the time that Kate reached out to publishing, it was probably about a year and a half or two years. But we only, nice. had, we only had to work on it for probably about like half that time. You know, then we delivered it. And then after that, there's just like a process of them making it. The back and forth. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. That sort of stuff. Well, what do you say we get to some news? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, it. I love talking about the publishing <laughs> process. No, <Nope, Yeah>. it's great. <laughs> I want to talk about editing rounds. Oh, boy. But no, we can't <laughs> talk about that because we have a show to go through. Uh, we're going to be talking today about Apple's plot to release uh, AR glasses and headsets in the future, plus all the trouble that TikTok is getting into, plus the new Sonic trailer, um, which, as as we mentioned before at the top of the show, has been uh, finally redone and re-released. So now we can see the Sonic that gamers <laughs> wanted all along. Um, but that's dessert. So starting off, we're going to be talking about Apple. So the information reported this week that in 2023 and 2022, respectively, Apple is going to join in that big AR fight with Microsoft and Snap and Magic Leap, um, offering up a set of AR glasses. Uh, those are coming 2023, reportedly, according to this leaked information from an employee press conference. Not employee press conference. That's a that doesn't make sense. <laughs> employee um, conference without the press all, in all it. All hands, maybe. <laughs> all hands. There's the yeah. word I'm looking for. Thank you. Um, that's a writer for you. <laughs> um, and a headset in 2022. I don't know why that one's coming first. Apparently, they're having more trouble with the glasses. 
Um, but this is super interesting. So Apple's kind of looking for the next frontier of technology now that they have conquered phones and nobody cares about them anymore and no one's buying them. Um, there's a new battleground of tech and it is in AR devices that you wear on your face. <laughs> <laughs> so before we start, do either of you have a hard drive style headline? What do you this? mean before we start? Well, well, I just before before we discuss it. Before we discuss it. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, Go on. Do you got one? Do Jordan? I have what, a hard drive take on the yeah, unofficial yeah, yeah. hard yeah. drive take yeah, yeah, yeah. on on Google Glasses or the new version of it? I would say something like um like a desperate Apple <laughs> going to see if maybe Google Glasses work with sunglasses this time. <laughs> like that's their little tiny tweak on it or something <laughs> like um uh Apple releases a uh, line of uh Cases to fit your new glasses. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that that okay. That one would only work with a photo, but imagine like a big, thick plastic case on there. Th- this was mine. Apple to ship AR headset in 2022 that simulates a Mac keyboard that actually works. Yeah, you know, I just think about wearing <laughs> that stuff. Like the best part of my life is when my phone is in my pocket. The idea that my phone could never be in my pocket and it's just gonna be like blaring into my eyeballs, giving me pop up ads and stuff like that. Um, is horrifying. Yeah. Oh, that's horrifying. I read this great roundtable with a bunch of very online writers the other week. It was like Ja Tolentino and a couple other people. And they were saying over and over, like, when I check Twitter in the morning, I feel bad for the rest of the day. I shouldn't do that. It's rotting my brain. And so now every morning when I do open up Twitter, I just have that thought of, Yes, I'm going to actively make my day worse (laughs) now. And if it were something that I wore on my face, I think the barrier to entry between me and the online would be so much thinner even. Um, But I find it interesting that you mentioned sunglasses because that is one of the features of these. Uh, They've explored uh, using lenses that will darken when people Mm. are using AR as a way of letting uh, other people know that the wearer of the glasses is distracted or perhaps in the virtual zone. <laughs> That's so awkward. That's so, so you're weird. talking to someone, you think you're telling them an interesting story, and all of a sudden they're just glasses <laughs> turned into shades. Just like, I'm not here anymore. That, that would be useful <laughs> yeah. social feedback for some conversations. <laughs> like, that would be great. So I, there's a lot to pick apart from this from like an Apple insider perspective. So uh, a couple of things here. And this is coming from the information. So reputable source. Uh, but the first thing is having an all-hands uh, meeting at the G- Steve Jobs Theater. That is really unusual for Apple. I remember the last time I was at Apple, I was having uh, lunch with a friend of mine at the cafeteria there, and she's like pulling a, 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 a like other Apple engineers over to the table. She's like, have you heard any rumors about what we're working on? Can you share anything? And they're like, no, I don't want to get fired. So it's it just, I, I realize this is, uh, according to the information, it's a 1,500-person team, so that's very large, but I just think that's very surprising that they would kind of uh, announce their intentions to the company. Yeah, and reportedly they had people put away their phones and wrap their phones in like special QR plastic and stickers and stuff to stop them from taking pictures. Um, but it did not stop them from eventually reaching out to the information. Yeah. It's like the Taj Mahal. They're going to cut off the hands of anyone to help make the glasses or what? <laughs> that, that, that's Apple. Um, 
They are they are eventually going to sell these things, right? It doesn't matter that much. <laughs> they actually they're going to bind them uh, also, permanently to the AR headset <laughs> and keep them permanently in the augmented world. Also, how weird are these things going to look? I mean, they are going to look like glasses, right? Like as if you just leak a photo of glasses. Like <laughs> I guarantee they're just going to be glasses with like a little like rectangle on the side, right? With all the computing power. I mean, that's the hope, right? Because you don't want something like remember how creepy Google Glass looked. Dude, I hope they look like snowboarding glasses, like goggles. <laughs> They're just giant <laughs> and colorful. That'd be cool. The really awkward thing about fashion is that stupidly tiny glasses are in right now, and it's making it very hard for tech companies to make stylish AR glasses. <laughs> do you think that um do you think that the AR will let you change the way that people look or sound while you're interacting with them? <laughs> oh, this is such a horrifying and wonderful question. And I think absolutely. Um, just based on my experiences with the new iPhone camera, and I realized mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go off on a, a tangent here. <laughs> I talked about this a bit go when I it. got the camera. It made me look really, really good, and it freaked mm-hmm. me out because I wasn't wearing makeup that day, and I hadn't washed my hair, and I looked disgusting. But mm-hmm. the camera made me look really good, and I was like, oh, God, that's actually kind of creepy and upsetting that it made me look so good. Yeah, so this thing is it's gonna like it's going to like fix blemishes and stuff yeah. and make people look more attractive. <laughs> You realize that you forgot to turn off the the setting that makes it look like you have cat ears, and you're like, "Man, I don't know what it is. I just look great." <laughs> I, I'm gonna have the huge pug eyes the entire time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's my favorite filter because, like, it's ugly, but it's also pretty cute. Um. So yeah. Okay. So I mean, they've the, said. Well, there's the there's the they're shipping the AR product and then the glasses product according to the information and the uh, there are a bunch mm. of interesting features that they've got on it. Uh, the first thing is it's going to have sensors on it to map the environment around you uh, in real time. Uh, Simone, I'm assuming you've played <laughs> uh, Oculus Quest, right? Have Have either of you guys? I haven't played any VR. I've watched a lot of videos of people playing that open mic VR game that was like a disaster. But yeah. that's about it. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard of that thing? No, I don't know what you're talking there's about. There's this yeah. there's a video game called like open mic night or something. And it's you know, as horrifying as it is to go oh, to an open no. mic, there's a video game where you can do one in you know, AR. Um and uh it's just like filled with people just shouting racial Oh, God. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> so like a normal open yeah, mic. Yeah. It's yeah. like an open mic with less filter. <laughs> well, uh-huh. the, oh, that's what the we need. The reason I was saying this is, uh, you know, I got Oculus Quest uh, this week to try Pistol Whip, which looks really interesting. It's basically a John Wick simulator uh, mm. where you're going through and just kicking everybody's ass in like John Wick mm-hmm. style. And I was really impressed by how much the technology has improved versus uh, the first-gen Oculus, which I was a Kickstarter for. Um, The spatial identification of the ground is far, far better. So I can see if Apple's putting that kind of 3D sensing technology in it, being able to spatially map the area around you, that has a lot of interesting applications. But it's also kind of terrifying, right? Because you're going to have all this data about your house and and everything mm-hmm. around you. Like the the objects on your counter, it's going to be able to sense that. So uh, it's it's terrifying to think of the, the 20s being even more dystopian than the 10s have been. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be perfect for when they need to raid your house or whatever. They're right. going to know the floor pan- plan. <laughs> yeah. They're going to know where the furniture is. They're going to sell... Uh, pictures of your used couch to Ikea to market to you. The, you know, this guy needs a new yeah. couch. Look at this thing stained. The, <laughs> um, the thing I wonder about this stuff is 
I wonder if it's going to kind of be like Xbox uh, Connect or that was what it was called, yeah. right? I bought yeah. one of those and I used it like yep. twice. And then I was like, I don't want to jump around in my living room. <laughs> I want to play video games. Like, this is exhausting. I wonder if it will be like that where it's like, you know, will people act? Are you are you all actually interested in, in uh, moving your head around and pretending to be somewhere where you're not? Or can you just look you at know, a screen? I, I, I'll let Brie take this since I think she is addicted to Pistol Whip right now. But for me, definitely... Uh, having played with the Oculus Quest, I really, really enjoy some of those experiences. And I think the barrier to entry is maybe a little harder because it it is, as you say, so much easier to sit on my couch and start playing a game or even better, grab my Switch and get into bed. Or now, mm-hmm. with Apple Arcade, mm-hmm. <laughs> open my phone, my health phone that I can't put down and start playing Grindstone for five hours. But... That being said, um, the games are genuinely very immersive, especially things like Beat Saber, like Super Hot VR. So um, once you overcome that barrier to entry and you're like, oh, hell yeah, I want to go sweat in the virtual world, it's very easy. That being said, with mm-hmm. this, I imagine that Apple's probably going to have more, I don't know, enterprise functionality with their headset. Kind of like, I, I would imagine it's more mm-hmm. like the microsoft hololens than the oculus quest although they do say it will resemble 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 what am i talking about resemble (laughs) the oculus quest in the piece yeah uh yeah for me this is the ultimate edge case as a politician uh you know when you do call time when a politician calls you on the phone to ask for money we have a screen of information in front of us that tells us all this information about you So, so i will be like Oh, and Simone, I, you know, healthcare is just really, really important to me. And I've got like info mm-hmm. in front of me, like Simone donates to <laughs> Medicare mm-hmm. for all. Healthcare is so important to take... me. I noticed that you're a high breast cancer risk, but you <laughs> oh, have God. had your HPV shot. Isn't that right? <laughs> maybe, maybe not that much information, but I would pay any yeah. amount of information to be able to have like people's names. This is, Al Franken mm. tells this story in his book. I swear to God, it's true where he was at an event and one of his uh, staff members is looking at someone and she's going, I can't remember her name. What is her name? Oh my God, what's her name? And it was her mom. And that is absolutely Mm. why it's like running for office. So I could see like a lot of really interesting uses for this. Maybe it's not games, but like out there, like working Mm -hmm. on my car, Uh, you know, like this Mm -hmm. part is, I bought it on this date. This needs to be replaced. I can, Mm -hmm. I, I do think there's a space for that. I do like the idea that like the 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 Apple glasses, all they do is end up making it so that rich people are better at remembering people's names. They're just like one <laughs> slightly small advantage over everyone else. It's just like <laughs> s- small social interactions. And that becomes the class divide. Yeah. So Brie, you'll be wearing the headset at home when you're doing call time. And then yep. when you're out at a party and you meet someone that you've met before, we see the glasses slowly darken <laughs> as you are presented with their, their profile. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess if you had like uh, if you had a Facebook app on there, yeah. you could use facial recognition for anyone who you're interacting with and their Facebook profile could pop up. They all have their real names on there. I actually just at a book event, extended family members came up to me and I hadn't remembered their name because I hadn't seen them in like 10 years. So it would have been maybe I should get some <laughs> Apple AR when yeah. it comes out. Yeah. You can see all their you bad posts. Two years. <laughs> Yeah, this is your aunt. She's very racist. Yeah, <laughs> yeah list of topics to avoid. You know where it would yeah. have been useful? I went to Nordstrom right before this. It would. I would love to have these 
if it would show me the price of clothing so that I don't have to do the thing that I do in stores where I like pick up a shoe, turn it over, and then immediately put it down and walk away like I never did that because mm. I saw that it's $400. Mm. If I just had the price show up on the glasses, then I wouldn't have to embarrass <laughs> myself. Or comparative prices where you can get it online. That'd be cool. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about where the freaking cops are while I'm out speeding around? <laughs> like, that would be amazing. Like, no cops around. I can go Future miles? politician wants to use Apple glasses to break <laughs> speed laws. <laughs> well, this conversation has convinced me. I pre-order. How much did it cost? I'm, uh, I'm into it. Uh, we'll let you know in two years. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, listen. This episode of Rocket is brought to you by PDF Pen from Smile. PDF Pen 11 is the ultimate tool for editing PDFs on the Mac. It is Mac OS Catalina ready! <gasps> I got really excited when I updated to Catalina because the picture changed. And I feel like every time the picture changes when I update my computer, the new picture looks so impossibly beautiful and crisp and clear. This is a tangent, but it's just to say the picture they have for Catalina, very good. Hey, listen, you'll still be able to view and edit your PDFs when you take the Catalina plunge. Sounds dangerous. And PDF Pen for iPad and iPhone supports iOS 13 and iPad OS. 13. That includes dark mode, multiple windows, and more. And you can even use your iPad or iPhone to scan documents directly with PDF Pen on your Mac. <gasps> it's super slick. And if you're looking for a way to make PDF forms, which I know you are, you need PDF Pen Pro. Learn more about PDF Pen and PDF Pen Pro at smilesoftware.com slash podcast. If you do any work with PDFs, you need PDF Pen. Go to smilesoftware.com slash podcast and check it out. Thank you so much to PDF Pen for your support of this show and Relay FM. Awesome. Do you guys want to talk about some TikTok? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So TikTok has been going through their growing pains. I feel like I distinctly remember the first time we talked about TikTok on this show. We talked a little bit about the fact that it's owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company. And Christina and Brie were both like, huh? And I was like, it's fine. I don't care. And now a uh, senator has asked uh, you, basically U.S. intelligence to do an inquiry into TikTok and ByteDance to just make sure everything is Fine. Um, so an inquiry has started. They're informally inquiring into ByteDance's acquisition of Musical.ly, which was the app that TikTok's infrastructure is based on. According to Reuters, that acquisition wasn't cleared by the Committee on Foreign Investment in the United States. Um, so there is kind of a far-off possibility there that ByteDance would have to divest itself of everything it acquired from Musical.ly which would be absolutely nuts. The most recent thing that happened was that TikTok's general manager, Vanessa Pappas, uh, formerly of YouTube, wrote in a blog post, um, TikTok is going to be independent of content demands by the Chinese government. They're also building out a U.S. leadership and content moderation team with localized guidelines. And she also stressed that TikTok's data is held in the U.S. and Singapore and not in China. In response to that, several people have pointed out that well, Alex Stamos, notably formerly of Facebook, has pointed out, hey, it doesn't really matter where your data is. What matters is how much leverage someone who wants that data has over who has the data. Um, and Washington Post has a report from former TikTok employees 
saying that content moderators in China do have the final call on whether TikTok videos stay flagged or not. And we also know that uh, the Chinese government does have a huge sway over ByteDance, uh, who had two apps that they did have to remove uh, in China after allegations of, well, not allegations. It, it was, the government was like, hey, uh, lewd things are happening here and also subversive things. Take it down. And they were like, yes, sure, absolutely. <laughs> so, mm, and then they apologized for having those apps in the first place. So, I don't know. How do you guys, what do you guys feel about how uh, this is going? I prepared this time. I've got a hard drive. Yeah, I got one too. You wrote, you, now that we, now that I know that we have to, we're supposed to go with a hard drive tape. We both. <laughs> I go first. Go. I go right, first. Yeah. I'm going to we'll beat you. We'll decide who wins. We'll decide who wins. Okay. 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 Uh, TikTok CEO releases 10 second long lip sync statement explaining absence from congressional hearing. <laughs> That's good. You win. <laughs> That's good. Mine yeah. was um, mine was Mr. Sandman cat flees China after whistleblowing TikTok. Wow. I'm going to beat Jeremy. I'm, I'm going to beat Jeremy again okay, okay, with an extra it. one. Uh, Congresswoman swears she only needs daughter's TikTok handle as part of investigation. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> All right. That's a winner. That's, that's a winner. Wow. Eh, you know, that's why I'm the founder and he's just the editor in chief. You know, what can I, I say? It. I love it. I, you know, I feel like I've, I've, I've critiqued TikTok and their, their data use uh, many times on the show. I want to hear from both of you. What do you think? I just got a TikTok. Do you have a TikTok, Jeremy? No. My take on TikTok is that it's cool because I'm not on it. Like, we're, t- I'm too old. Like, I'm, I'm 26. Like, it's done for me. Like, it's the cool thing about TikTok is that I get like 50% of it. I guess my my devil's advocate. Oh, I have to make a decision about whether I'm going to go devil's advocate on this or okay. not. I feel like the situation is different from the example that we had last year, where Grinder was acquired by a Chinese company, and there was a lot of concern over um, data like that would be stored in Grinder, like people's location, people's nude photographs and videos, mm-hmm. um, whether military personnel who use Grinder could have mo- their troop movements revealed on the app, whether they could be susceptible to blackmail. I feel like TikTok <laughs> is not as, I guess, uh, not so much a hot button of controversy as Grinder is. And obviously I'm very pro um, data privacy and, people being able to have control over who has access to their data. But I do struggle to see what kind of, um, I guess, security risk TikTok could pose. I love the notion that you talked about troop movements. Like, I like the idea of all of the uh, national armies having to get a, a dick pic division that is tracing dick pics online. But this is, I, I'll, let me tell you something, this is an American soldier. I can see the patriotism in this dick pic. Uh, they're moving in. Yeah, they're they're amassing troops on the border. <laughs> so so you know, getting serious for a second. Um, do does, I am serious? There oh, are okay. amassing on the Very border. Yeah. I, so do does anyone else know about the fight between sort of Western uh, tech entities and Chinese entities for the LTE communication standard? Uh, so true story. Uh, we're we're currently trying to figure out what the exact communication protocol is going to be worldwide for LTE and next-gen networks, uh, 5G specifically. Um, And what China wants to do is mandate backdoors into that protocol so they can basically 
spy on all of that information. And Western companies are obviously having a problem with that and trying to push back. And the problem is China has a ton of standing there. Um, this is a battle for, for, for standards. So I do think that culturally, there, there's a lot to consider, like as bad as Facebook is, what happens when a country that is not tethered by any semblance of privacy owns something as powerful as Facebook uh, and is collecting massive amounts of data on on basically children? Uh, what's going to happen to these kids like 30 years from now when uh, they're running for office or trying to get into a school, there might be a scandal out there that can be used against them or, frankly, uh, used for blackmail. So I think uh, inevitably the United States is going to have to deal with countries that are not American or Western tech companies. And the way to do that is through very strong laws for privacy and make it where, you know, if they're if they're breaking the law, it doesn't matter who ultimately owns this company. Uh, they're going to be held accountable. So, Brianna, don't you also think, though, that Facebook does similar stuff with the U.S. government? Because hasn't it been proven that their Facebook was helping the NSA? Yes. Like that there was a, a backdoor where a lot of the data was going to be stored by the U.S. government. So it's kind of I think it's a little silly that we're saying, oh, you know, we can't let the uh, Chinese have this app that all of our kids are using. Don't we have apps that all the Chinese kids are using? You're absolutely right. I was having a talk with the ESA uh, uh, just a few weeks ago talking about this. And I'm like, is it possible that Congress has passed laws for Facebook that the American public cannot know about? Yeah. Uh, mandating that they're going to give us uh, give us X amount of data if it's like a national con- security concern. And they're like, that is absolutely possible. And I could not mm. tell you if that had wow. happened. So um, I, I fully agree it's hypocritical. But I also think it's a point where if national security is involved, maybe we can get people to take this stuff seriously, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. But you're mm-hmm. right, it's hypocritical. Absolutely. Do you think there's like a darker version of that where like the next generation after Generation Z is just like post-privacy or something where it's just like it just gets so bad that like everyone just stops caring? Yo, I feel like Generation Z is post-privacy because, I mean, for me as a twenty late 20s millennial, I feel like I'm on the borderline there where mm-hmm. I'm in the stage where I care about it deeply, but I'm also it's a too late for me because of how stupid I was as a child and how little anyone knew about this and B I'm too lazy. And it's (laughs) like the effort that you have to go through in Mm -hmm. this day and age to keep yourself private is ridiculous. So I fully believe that generation Z is at a point where, I mean, they've been online their entire lives. Um, I, I, I do think they're con- they are conscious about what they put online and how they're perceived online, but I think that their understanding of being online is less about protecting data and maybe more about what what parts of themselves are visible and how they're curating their presence mm-hmm. online, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I I, yeah. I I do want to say this before we move on, though. I was uh, I was talking to uh, some prosecutors uh, last week, and they were talking to me about asymmetrical digital warfare that the United mm-hmm. States uh, is able to do in prosecutions against United States citizens. So let's say there's a robbery in my neighborhood, 
um, the United States government is able to amass a massive amount of information in order to prove their case, much more so than a defendant can do. They can go to Google, they can subpoena uh, cell phone records, they can get social media mm-hmm. posts, and it's asymmetrical legal warfare. So I, I hear what you're saying, like, will we eventually get to be post-privacy? Maybe where there's just not that social concern, but that certainly doesn't mean that the the state can't levy very serious like crimes against you or that can't uh, be used to affect your credit score. Like when everything in your life is quantified and measurable mm-hmm, yeah. by a computer, that that has far greater effects than just being embarrassed, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's really interesting because I like to think that I care about my privacy still a little bit. But then I was at my friend's house and he had all those, uh, he had Alexa and all those Amazon home products <laughs> that I don't have. Yeah. And they seem pretty nice. And I thought about getting one. Then I was like, do I really want them listening to me all the time? Um, and then when we were talking about those glasses, I just think about, well, you're telling me that everyone at this conference is going to have an advantage business-wise with these glasses yeah. and I'm not going to have them. So it's just a matter of time before I get them, right? And then and they're going to get your privacy anyway because everyone else has it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just kind of exactly as, at some point, everyone's got the glasses. I'm going to invite my friends over. They're going to be f- streaming the floor yeah. plan to my <laughs> like house tried, to whoever. I tried to be really like careful about that stuff and like, and, and you know, not give like Google all my information. And then I found out that like, my girlfriend and I were living together for two years, and she had tagged me in every photo on her phone and tagged our location at every restaurant. Oh, and God. it was just like, Google's like, every time they take a photo of me, it's like, do you want to tag Jeremy in this? And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm done. Like, Google already has everything on me. Yeah, you don't even so. need to be a part of it. Your friends can yeah. just tag you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you're only as safe as everyone around you. Yeah, it's, yeah. Kind, of, it's kind of a dark thing. I wonder, I wonder if there's any point where we will have no sense of privacy. Like, I think I'm pretty close to that. I almost wonder, it almost seems like the less privacy you have, the more advantage you get with all this technological advantage and all the the pros that you get with these new products. It seems like it's kind of like an ever-increasing speed and eventually it just will be like having your privacy will just, it'll be like the equivalent of being like a hermit. You know what I mean? Is it kind of how, like, if you leak your own nudes, then nobody can blackmail you with your nudes? Yeah. yeah. You, That's we need, what I'm um, thinking about. The company we need to, like, not go totally evil is 23andMe. That's the one oh, where, wow. like, if they if they turn bad, we're all fine. No, that's the perfect example. Because yeah. I want to take one of those tests so much. Yeah. But I... I I'm not going to send them my friggin' DNA. Well, here's no the way. bad news. Here's the bad news. This is just like the Facebook thing with the facial recognition stuff. And Jeremy's thing is, yeah, it doesn't need to be sending you. my hair to 23 and me every night. <laughs> <laughs> it, so the, there was a, I think it was, was it the golden state killer who was caught using 23 yeah. and me? And yeah. he didn't take the test. One of his relatives did like a distant oh relative. God. did, And they caught him using his DNA based on his family members. So my family members have already taken the test. I have the 23 and me uh, on my That's shelf true. here in my room. I didn't take it because I got curious about it and I Googled it. Um, I also think it's weird. I don't know if you guys know about like the, you guys know about like the Mormon influence on all these uh, DNA no. tests and Whoa, ancestry no, stuff? Me. Whoa. Uh, the Church of oh, Latter-day oh, yeah. Saints is very big. They own most of these companies or have big stakes in them. And what they're trying to do is they're trying to get a record of everyone who's ever been born or died. And then they have, they write down those names and they stick them in a cave. And then Mormon kids get baptized repeatedly for these people who they don't know. Oh, like once they yeah. have the names of your ancestors, they baptize these kids 
for them. They're trying to save the souls of all these people. Oh, that's it's, wild. Nice. It's very. It sounds fake, but I swear it's real. I was <laughs> no, on. A, I was pretty believable. Yeah. I went. I went to go try to find out where my last name came from, and uh, it's it in said, a cave. And it <laughs> it said, "Oh, uh, do you want to look at all these registries of anyone with your last name?" I said, "Sure." And it said, "Okay, the Church of Latter Day Saints thanks you." And I go, oh, "That's weird. I wonder why that's." What is that about? <laughs> yeah. But I ended so up giving them my saved. ancestors' names. So now there's some kid in a cave getting baptized, and I'm responsible. So I'm very sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how he pronounces it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Post-privacy. I, it, it is so interesting because I feel like there is a point where we can become safely, completely post-privacy, except that hinges entirely on not doing things that upset the government that yeah. is in power. Because, like, I i mean, I could go out there and... I, I don't know why I keep coming back to the nudes thing. I don't even have nudes. <laughs> but, like, you know, whatever nudes. Here's all my data, whatever. But the minute that something I'm doing um, is deemed criminal by whoever is in power, that's when, that's when privacy becomes yeah. necessary again. Uh, so we're all gonna die. Long I, story. I, I, I have to, I have to say, Simone, I will never forget when I was trying to come out of the closet, being uh, going to my very first gay bar in Mississippi, and I'm I'm there in Jackson, Mississippi. There's exactly one gay bar in the state. I go in, doing my thing, meeting people, having a great time, and I walk out, and there in the parking lot of Jackson, Mississippi, about 30 miles from where some of the most extreme civil rights murders in American history happened, are 10 Mississippi cops sitting outside that bar just looking for a reason to arrest anyone. And I I get the point, but it's like, it's just if you look at history, like there's no way the government doesn't abuse that power to go after whoever they don't like in that era, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's exactly it's not, what I'm saying. It's not gay people today; yeah. it's transgender people. More, you know, who knows what it will be? You know, ten years from it now. could be like yeah. um, in New York City, there was that whole controversy where people found out that like the police officers had infiltrated Black Lives Matters right. meetings, yeah. and oh, like yeah. you know. It would be pretty easy to track who's like going to that if you have your cell phone location on. Yeah. Yeah. There's a long yep. history with that with the FBI and Martin Luther King yeah. and stuff. Absolutely. So. Yeah, they should give us our <laughs> privacy, but we, we can't we can't help ourselves. We want to be We've on Facebook Matt. too much. We need those likes. We got one person <laughs> oh, so far. We need those likes. Uh, we're such a broken species. Anyway, uh. <laughs> hey, listen, this episode of Rocket is brought to you by Pingdom. The holiday shopping season, Boxing Day, and Black Friday are just around the corner. Oh, it's a day where we look for good deals online. Somebody name me something you're looking to buy on Black Friday or Boxing Day or for the holiday shopping season. TMNT uh, Arcade One Up Machine. Okay, well, that's a good example of something you might buy online. But when you're buying something online like that arcade machine, there's nothing worse than a shopping cart fail. <gasps> and then they play like a like in Funniest Home Videos, you know, a reel of somebody 
being, I don't know, banged on the head with a rubber hammer when they have a shopping cart fail. It's terrible. Anyway, wow, moving on. When the <laughs> website that you're trying to buy stuff from is suddenly unavailable, that's a terrible thing. Pingdom will let you know the moment your website goes down if your website is the website that people are trying to buy stuff from that the terrible thing happens to. And they'll let you know that your website is down in whatever way is best for you. Hey, stuff happens online. Even if your website is a super great thing, sometimes it goes down. Freaking Vox went down the other day. Polygon was down and we were doing awesome traffic when we went down and it sucked. Hey, listen, (laughs) that's why Pingdom is good. Use transaction monitoring to get alerted when cart checkout forms and login pages fail before they affect your customers and your business when they're trying to read awesome posts. You can customize how you're alerted and who is alerted depending on the severity of the outage. Go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now for a 14-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you sign up, use the offer code ROCKET at checkout to get an awesome 30% off your first invoice. That is, again, pingdom.com slash RelayFM and the code ROCKETS. Thank you so much, Pingdom, for your support of this show and RelayFM. I read that so fast, and I really have to catch my breath now. It sucks. (laughs) Oh, I gotta sit up. <laughs> so, do you get more Jeremy money? Do you get more money if you, if you pass out during an ad read? <laughs> yeah, if I pass out during an ad read, uh, I don't know. We need we need someone to be alerted. Actually, we need Pingdom, but for when I pass out during ad reads. Oh my god! Um, I noticed you guys both have your cameras on. I don't have my camera on because I'm wearing a fluffy bathrobe and sitting in bed. And I it is in transparency. Almost- so yeah, yeah. that's yeah. just me anymore. Um. Uh, I'm required legally to describe my situation verbally if people can't see it. So yeah, you're welcome. Hey, let's talk about that new Sonic trailer. Oh my god! So after much controversy, y'all remember when the first Sonic trailer came out and everyone said he's got two distinguishable eyes and teeth, and he's a skinny boy. What's up with that? Uh, Sonics should be a little bit round. Um, anyway, everyone was really, really mad. I thought it was really, really funny. But then I didn't think it was funny because then the studio was like, oh, my God, we're so sorry. We've desecrated the blue hedgehog and we will rebuild it. Um, and then they basically said, you know, we're going to reanimate Sonic. We're going to fi- redesign and then, you know, fix the whole movie. And I was like, that seems like a bad situation, but okay. Um, Well, they've done it. They released the first new redesigned Sonic trailer. He looks like the video game character Sonic. (laughs) Matt and Jeremy, give me me your headlines. (laughs) I mean, hey, we had one. You already did one, but what are your rejects? Oh, wait, do you have any really good rejects? Uh, Oh, yeah, let me see. We have a thread of them that are pretty fun. I mean, we had one in the Washington Post, so I think that one's got to be the winner, <laughs> yeah, that right? that wins. That Here, wins. Uh, here's some rejected, you're, you're saying rejected headlines, right? Yeah. Okay, uh, so this is from Giovanni Colantonio. Sonic movie delayed another six months as animators redesigned Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh! <laughs> That's good. And then one I wrote was, Sonic movie fix says thousands not planning to see it. <laughs> That's so true, because you know so many of the people screaming on the internet have no intention of going and seeing yeah. this. Oh, uh, it hurts. I was, I was freaking thrilled by this. And I, it, what I think is so surprising is that when you look at old Sonic and new Sonic, 
next to each other, you're you just have to ask yourself, what the hell were they thinking? Like it's that much worse. Uh, Am I, I the only one yeah. who thinks what the hell were they thinking with the whole movie? I, I don't. I get mean, what, no. Is there really demand for a Sonic movie? I mean, I love Sonic. I played that game all the time. I have no interest in seeing the Sonic movie. <laughs> yeah, honestly, I mean, am I alone in that? No, no you're so not no, alone. Not. I'm the person. I'm right there with you. Especially having seen both trailers, I feel like for me the humor is really not hitting the mark. <laughs> But it's a kids' um, movie. It's a movie for children. I'm a child. I loved <laughs> Detective Pikachu. That was a movie that was made for me. Um, but then again, I, I was never a Sonic fan, so perhaps I should shut my mouth. You know, I feel like and this may be a, a hot take, and uh, I will go Uh-oh. into gamer hell for uh, for blaspheming <laughs> the good Lord Sonic. But I I really feel like Sonic is a franchise that has been trying to capture the magic of that of everything post Sonic and Knuckles for the last mm-hmm. twenty five years, and has just failed at it. I mean, Sonic Adventure One was innovative and interesting on the Dreamcast, but I'm I'm hard-pressed to think of anything Sonic has done that has really been interesting or genre-defining in the last 20 years. I think you're pretty right on that. I also feel like uh, I had a Sega Genesis growing up, and Sonic and Knuckles, it was unlike any other game where you could get Knuckles and you would put, you know, it was an actual additional cartridge, and then yeah. you'd put the Sonic cartridge on top of the, the Knuckles cartridge, and that was so cool to me as a kid. Right. Um, Yes, I think I definitely think you're right. They are trying to uh, capture that magic. I don't. I could be off on this. I just feel like there's not. Is it going to be people lined up around the block? These like little kids want to see a Sonic movie. <laughs> what? <laughs> there's like um. There's this great joke that I always think of. That's like I think like twelve or thirteen years old that I'm stealing from College Humor's um, like long dead show bleep bloop. But uh, they always said that, or they said in one video that um, Sonic is like, was invented when rollerblades were still cool and then just like stop being cool as soon as they stop being cool. That is exactly right. Sonic is the epitome of cool. And I think like the epitome of 90s, he still has this very 90s feel. And I yeah. feel like even in this trailer, they've kind of captured some of that extreme coolness which is no longer very cool yeah (laughs) um so like i wanted to do well you know especially since they worked so darn hard trying to appease these uh, babies (laughs) on the internet (laughs) they should have gone the other way made it weirder give them more teeth You know know where they should have gone? Like the most active Sonic community I engage with on a daily basis is the furry community on Twitter. Yeah, that's true. They should have made like a furry Sonic movie. Just gone all in on it. Okay, yeah, actually, you know what? You're right. That is the energy. That's the base for the Sonic community. Not anymore. Yeah. Is like the weird. They gave him shoes. I feel like I feel like it's the people who draw like the Sonic, and then there's like that's me as Sonic or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah. Sonic, Sonic OCs. OCs. Yeah, and then have also, you looked up your Sonic OC? Hell yeah, dude! Jeremy the Hedgehog rules. He's green. He's got little <laughs> flames on him. He's <laughs> awesome. Put that guy in a movie. Oh yeah. boy! I'm just saying. I've seen some weird tales memes, and it changed me. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so. it's like it's like those those drawings, and then it's also sex stuff. That's the base of support <laughs> in the Sonic community. Uh, there are quite a few Simone Sonic OCs. Wow, 
Okay. I need to get choose off which one, now. Whichever one speaks to you the most, you know? Huh. Okay. Well, not what speaks to me is closing the tab. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Well, Brianna, since you are excited about this redesign, are you going to go see this movie? So I I am somebody I like I see a lot of movies I do uh, I saw Terminator uh, Dark Fate three times I thought it was oh amazing my God. yeah it was really three really times. good um, I I don't know I I feel like I have to see this because it's gotten so much of a I feel like the animators worked their butts off to redo this and I feel like I would be mm-hmm. cheating them if I didn't see this that said <laughs> like the like the Detective Pikachu movie was very meh. For me, uh, uh, you're so, mispronouncing marvelous. That's kind of uh, weird. It, it didn't Do you want to retake that? Me. No, no, no. I stick by my <laughs> terrible opinions, Simone. Uh, so I, I will try to go see it, but uh, I'm not. I was never excited for this. Jim Carrey's stick. It was funny back in Living Color in the '90s. I have not thought he was funny in a long time. So, Matt and Jeremy, what about you? I love Jim Carrey, just for the record. So Ooh. disagree. Oh. Uh, but no, I'm I'm not going to see the Sonic movie, and I'll never <laughs> see it. It'll, I won't see it when it's in theaters, and then not when it's on Redbox, and not when it's on some free streaming platform. I won't turn it on. What if you're on a very long flight, a 12-hour flight to Japan? I watched a 90-day fiancé on my most recent long-day flight. Now that oh. is entertainment. That is <laughs> oh. a good show. You have a point. Uh, Sonic, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to see it. I don't want to see it. I feel like I probably <laughs> will just because I spent up seeing, I saw Suicide Squad in theaters. Oh, I've gosh. seen so many bad movies. I saw, I saw Detective Pikachu. I thought it was okay. I didn't like the ending. I liked it until the ending. The That's ending my take was on dumb as hell. The, the, the reveal that, spoiler alert, um, Detective Pikachu doesn't exist made me very sad. Oh, yeah. I, for, I repressed that. Um, <laughs> I think if I'm going to see one weird CGI movie this season, it is going to be Cats. Um, oh, I'm resigned yeah. to that. It's going to happen. I don't think I can stay away. Much like... <laughs> yeah, that's better, though, because, like, they still... Like, the thing about Sonic that I liked was that it was insane, and now it's just, like, a forgettable kids movie. But Cats is still weird and creepy (laughs) oh yeah that's what i want to see i want to go see cats with the guy who's like into cats (laughs) sorry i'm writing down your swears i'm writing down timestamps on my document oh big swear boys i didn't realize we weren't supposed to we didn't tell you that you were a podcast question too everyone asked if they can swear on a podcast we didn't do it i got i got sworn four times well you can Uh, swear it's just jim gets carpal tunnel like fixing right. it for us so I, uh, it's not the I, curse words you guys are censoring every time we say sonic <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes so uh so why don't we talk about censorship in tech right um <laughs> my free speech on this podcast yeah uh, bad boys starts at home <laughs> that that was my goal was to crush your spirit by inviting <laughs> you here <laughs> all the parents listening to this in cars with your kids guess what <laughs> i actually People i was swear I was on a podcast one time, and um, it was, I think it was a podcast, the The host was like maybe uh, 45, and she was a woman, and I went back to listen to the intro to the podcast, and uh, she had a huge, long intro about how I <laughs> swore too much, and all of her oh, no, listeners what? weren't going to be used to it, and normally, you know, you if you listen to this podcast with your kids, I was like, whoa, I did not know the audience to this thing, <laughs> big mistake. I mean, wow. if that, I mean, if you're going to go through the trouble to, sorry, I'm not trying to 
get down on this person. But you Drag can her. bleep it. <laughs> you can bleep it or you can edit it. You could put a fun honk sound effect in there. <laughs> I think bleeping is really cool. That's retro. I like that. Yeah. A lot. Can you get like the Sonic, like when he gets a ring, that sound effect in there? <laughs> um, I'm going to very quickly leave that note in the document. Anyway, wow, okay. it sounds like we've come to the end of our discussion about the film Sonic and have um, moved on to our discussion of how this podcast is created and edited, <laughs> uh, which brings me to Burrow, which is bringing you this episode of Rocket. It's a couch. Fall TV is here. Uh, I, last weekend, sat on my burrow couch for roughly 38 hours. I just pulled a number out of my butt Um, (laughs) because I didn't want to do anything this weekend. I did a lot of stuff last week, and I went into that last weekend saying, I'm not going to leave my freaking house. I'm going to sit here and watch TV all the time. Um, And I've been watching CW's very extremely bad Nancy Drew show which um, is irredeemably dumb, but I am enjoying it. (laughs) Hey, listen, if you, like me, would like to lose yourself in a show, be it irredeemably dumb or incredibly good, glue yourself to the best couch out there. That's Burrow. Now is the perfect time to upgrade that lumpy old couch that you've been meaning to replace forever. Your burrow sofa can handle even the most hardcore TV watching session. And we're gamers here. We know hardcore. Um, It's got a kiln-dried Baltic birch frame. As a gamer, I know all about that too. And it's got durable fabric that's naturally scratch and stain resistant, which is important to me, a person who likes to balance coffee mugs on the arms of my couch instead of putting it on a table called a coffee table where it belongs. Doesn't matter. I never spill. Burrow is totally customizable. Pick your fabric, your color, your leg finish, your armor style, and your length. You can even add a chaise lounge or an ottoman or both. Burrow also has built-in USB chargers. So you can be tweeting. You can be, I don't know, probably at tweeting. Tweeting. That's what people do. You could be reading reviews of the show while you're watching the show. A classic TV watching move that I love to employ. Um, and you don't have to worry about your phone dying is the point of that because you've got a built-in USB charger, baby. Burrow sofas are easy to set up and easy to move, and you can always add or remove seats as needed. You can also get free one-week shipping so you can have your new sofa all set up by the time you listen to this show next week. Hey, um, like I said at the top of this segment, I love to sit. I do it a lot, and I do it on a very comfortable couch that I don't like to get off of. Don't settle for the same old couch. Settle into a comfy new burrow sofa and get $75 off that new sofa and free one-week shipping by visiting burrow.com slash rocket. That is B-U-R-R-O-W, burrow.com slash rocket for $75 off your order. Our thanks to Burrow for their support of Rocket and Relay FM. And that brings me into what are y'all doing this week? Hey, Jeremy, let's start with you. What you doing this week? Oh, no. Uh. Surprise. <laughs> it's a segment. Oh Do me first so he gets the formula. Hey, Brianna, what are you doing this week? So, Simone, while you were sitting on your couch watching Nancy Drew, I was out saving the damn country. <laughs> I was out canvassing in 20-degree <laughs> weather. And that's what I could be doing this week. It's snow. I could be canvassing. I'm going to be knocking on strangers' doors, getting to know them, asking them about their problems, and solving them for them. That's what I'm doing. Nice. 
Also, That's I'm working really cool on a fun project with my uh, Porsche. Uh, I have some wheels. And uh, in Massachusetts, you really do get a lot of snow. So you need summer wheels and winter wheels. So I got like a terrible, like dinged up, terrible set of uh, of uh, Porsche Boxster wheels. And I sanded them down and I'm repainting them. Uh, I redid all the metal in it. And I'm thinking about building a homemade kiln in Whoa. my backyard to, like, uh, to do a uh, powder coating on it, which is wow. this really hard paint process. So I'm thinking about trying that. Do you put any of that on social media so I can follow your process or no? Yeah, I, I typically, so when you run for office, people hate it when you talk about your Porsche. But <laughs> yes, I do it a lot more on Facebook. So friend me cool. on there. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah. Jeremy, what are you uh, up to? Uh, I'm probably going to be playing that new Pokemon game. That oh, mad about. yeah. Heck, yeah. yeah. I am I already sword. downloaded it, so. Sword you know, or shield? It for me. I got sword. Sword. That's a good call. Sword's kind of like the, yeah, like the obvious one, I feel like. But um, I don't know. My friend, uh, this is just too inside, but my friend uh, has a dog, or he was watching his sister's dog, and the dog one day, he's like kind of a goofy dude, and the dog like somehow picked up a knife and had it in his mouth, and they were like kind of like, trying like for half an hour he was like stuck trying to get this knife out of the dog's mouth and uh it looks like the dog on the sword and shield so i got sword that's extremely good i am i have to say this i my husband is obsessed with pokemon go he is freaking obsessed with it plays it ridiculously yeah i bought Mm -hmm. him a switch hoping he would play the new pokemon with me and he He'll play it for like five minutes. He'll be like, this is a waste of my time. And I'm like, but you play Pokemon Go. What are you doing? I I don't get it. Now, that's an app that definitely doesn't track your location. (laughs) Yeah, very safe. Well, yeah, that's actually what I've sacrificed all my privacy for. I talk a big game, but (laughs) I cannot stop playing that darn, well, game. Hey, Matt, what you doing this week? I had to stop playing Pokemon Go when people were trying to make real life friends with me at the gyms. <laughs> and they're like, hey, man, we're all going to the cafe afterwards. Do you want to come? I was like, I just don't want to be part of this community. Nope. <laughs> I don't want to tap on your guy. I've literally times. like seen people playing it on the bus before and done mm-hmm. that like tap, tap them on the shoulder and hold up my code, like friend me here in this yeah. public wow. place, a stranger on public transit. I'm that freak. Um, I'm not going to do that anymore because those people aren't really serious about sending me gifts on the daily. And I really need that for the XP if I'm ever going to hit level 40. I found myself I found myself literally under a bridge by the beach with like (laughs) a 14 year old boy and like a 65 year old woman in the (laughs) middle of the night. And I was like, I have to stop playing this game. There's no reason I should be doing this right now. Uh, So what am I doing this week? Um. While we're recording this podcast, my lovely girlfriend uh, went out to buy Death Stranding, and I'm going to be playing that. And uh, I have a book event tomorrow uh, in my home city of San Francisco. So I'm be that's the last book event that we're doing. So I'm going to be relaxing, and then I'm going to be uh, hitting the ground running again with my startup, which I have been neglecting, unfortunately, for about a week while I'm on this book tour. Uh, So yeah, I'm too much stuff is what I'm doing. I'm also, oh, Youth of Today's, uh, we're booking Youth of Today, uh, and they're coming to to play Gilman on Saturday, and it's one of my favorite bands of all time, so I'm going to be stage diving. Stage diving, Death Stranding, startupping. That's me. 
I'm I have Death Stranding. I'm afraid to boot it up because I know it will take over my life. So <laughs> it's like one of those games is look at me. It's like, do I really want to start this and enjoy a two hour cutscene to to begin this? I don't know. I'm thinking that maybe I could be like answering emails while my girlfriend plays next to me and I can kind of get some enjoyment from it. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. Makes yeah. Sense. You could try. Nothing like vicarious enjoyment. Oh, you're doing so much, man. Okay. This week I, I had a thing in mind that I was going to say and it's completely gone. You, man, <laughs> you're doing so much that now I'm doing nothing. This is absurd. Do you want me to, uh, do you want me to tell you, you, in your ad read, you said something about, uh, the dumbest show you'd ever seen or like something that's truly dumb. Yeah. Can I just say one thing that happened to me? I just watched this episode before this. Yeah. Uh, yes. Jack, Jack Ryan. Have you guys ever seen this show? I'm, it's I'm the Amazon with original this show. I'm okay. obsessed with the show. Have yes. you got through season two? I'm working on it. I got to season five so far. Okay. Okay. So on, uh, on season two, there's a scene. I'm not going to spoil anything. There's a scene where two characters are in a car. They're, 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 they have somewhere very important to go. The car breaks down. There's smoke coming out of the engine of the car. One character says, don't worry about it. Pop the hood. I'll figure it out. He pops the hood. All of a sudden, a giant armored car with a machine gun on top of it charges them, <laughs> starts shooting at both of these people uh, at the car. It fill, it riddles this car with bullet holes. Somehow, one of the characters in this car pops up with a bazooka <gasps> and shoots this armored vehicle. They win the battle, but this is the most insane thing I've ever seen in TV. Wow. They get back in the car, and they start the car, and they drive yes. off. Yes. <laughs> so somehow, this machine gun, bullet holes all throughout this car, fixed the car. Yes. And that's what I'm going to be doing it. this week. Incredible. So I'm sorry, it. but I need to hear about what you're doing. But uh, when you said that about the dumbest TV show, I just had to share that experience. It's it, That whole scene is like 10 seconds long and just blew my mind. That's true. Jack Ryan is Target 24. That's yeah. what it is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That told me like that. that is what I want from that show. I feel like my <laughs> life force is sustained by hearing something so stupid. That's glorious. Um. I've been watching Nancy Drew, I guess. But this past weekend, I'll talk about what I did this last weekend. I saw Parasite, uh, the new Bong Joon-ho <gasps> movie. Oh, yeah. It rules. It's so Is good. It? Wow. Do not read the yeah. Vulture review of it because it spoils the entire thing. Just go mm-hmm. see the movie. It's very intense. Uh, it's funny. It's a thriller. It has some horror elements. Uh, and it's brilliant. Yeah, I saw that um, last week, too. Uh yeah. On the book tour, we were in New York, and I saw it. I would probably say it's one of my favorite movies now. Very, very good. That's awesome. Yeah, my dad actually saw it before me, and he was like, I don't really know what to what to say about it. It was so strange and intense. Um, and I can now say that, that yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, let's talk about where we are online. Brianna, where can we find you online? You can find me at uh, Brianna Wu on Twitter, at developer Brianna Wu on Facebook. And if you want to support my congressional campaign, uh, you can go to supportbrianna.com. Let's be honest. You can find Brianna in the replies of any hard drive tweet. (laughs) Stop writing such funny stuff and I can move on with my damn life. Uh, who's going True. next? <laughs> you, it's all you, Matt. Is it me? I think okay. Simone disappeared. Matt, what are you doing this week? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you can find me online at Matt Sancom on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. But you probably shouldn't add me on Facebook. 
<laughs> Twitter and Instagram. And you can find my website, which is uh, a big group project. I'm only a little part of it, but it's thehardtimes.net. And then you can find my uh, startup at outvoice.com. Amazing. What about you, Jeremy? Where can people find you? Uh, I'm uh, Jeremy Smiles on Twitter. That's really, I'm really just mostly on Twitter. Yeah. That's like my main, <laughs> that's a Twitter boy. The best thing about writing for Office is you can just pass your Facebook off to someone else. <laughs> I haven't touched Facebook in so long. It's great. Twitter's yeah. great. I love it. Brianna, uh, did you see uh, Jeremy's viral Twitter uh, stand up bit that no, he did? No, I didn't. I didn't. It was hilarious. It was all over the place. He, Sen- yeah. He uh he was Jerry Seinfeld. Uh, there's like a it's like a Halloween show where you have to do a yeah. bit as a character, and he was Jerry Seinfeld, um, only doing jokes about his 17 year old girlfriend. Oh my god! <laughs> oh my god! That sounds amazing. Send me a link for that. We'll put that in the show notes so uh, Rocket listeners can hear that. Thank oh, you. Thank, you. Uh, thank all of you for coming on. Uh, you can yeah. see Simone at Doom Quasar on Twitter, and you can see her uh, videos. I believe it's at uh, YouTube forward slash Polygon. Thank you all for coming. And well, before this, yeah. before you leave, can I just say one thing really fast? Please, I'm go sorry. for it. Go for it. Um, I was going to tell Simone, but she left or, you know, she she got kicked out Disappeared. of the, the lost internet. Um, I want to say really fast that I'm a big fan of Polygon and I wrote an article a while back that kind of made fun of Polygon <laughs> and the Polygon fans were really f- mad at me yeah. and I felt so bad and I wanted to say that it was from a place of uh, love. <laughs> yes, I'm sure I will pass that on to Simone. Thank you. Uh, awesome. To all the people in the Polygon posting group on Facebook who the greatest uh, dragged group. me. Oh my God. I love that group. <laughs> who were so mad at me. I apologize. Jeremy's <laughs> really good at building up digital audiences, but he's also really good at turning those audiences against him. Awesome. Uh, he built up this thing called Lizard People of New York oh, that yeah. got very popular in New York, and it, it was like the satire of people of New York. Uh, and then he decided to just, it got like 200,000 Facebook likes, and then he decided to change it to just be called Jeremy Kapowitz. And it was just <laughs> his personal Facebook page, and the comments were insane. I love just it. Just thousands of people coming after Jeremy. I love Real it. Real good. I love it. This episode of Rocket is terminated. Now both of you say terminated. Terminated. Terminated the movie that Brianna saw three times. <laughs> <laughs>